Shalom, this is Rabbi Paul Saul from Congregation Shuv Israel in West Hartford, Connecticut, and I wanted to speak to you about something that I'm doing this year a little bit different in preparation for the High Holy Days. For millennia, the historical church has read and studied the last words of Yeshua's crucifixion during Lent and in preparation for the Easter Holy Week. But I think this tradition has a very special and unique value for Messianic Jews and those who choose to affiliate with us. In fact, I think it has the potential to help us contemplate anew the great sacrifice of the Messiah, but also to restore the Jewish context of the Besserot, the good news, and bring Yeshua into the preparation for the Jewish High Holy Days. So perhaps this needs a little more explanation. Between the 17th of Tammuz and the 9th of Av in, on the Jewish calendar, which usually is in July in North America, the Jewish calendar enters a period of mourning for the destruction of the temple, and three Haftorahs of admonition are read. Following the 9th of Av, there's a cycle of seven Haftorahs of consolation from the book of Isaiah leading up to Rosh Hashanah, which acknowledge that God has promised to never leave nor forsake Israel. Now, many Messianic Jewish congregations have adopted a lectionary that correlates three Besorot, or Gospel readings, which commemorate Yeshua's death, and seven Besorot that commemorate Yeshua's resurrection with these Haftorahs, this all being during the last quarter of the Jewish calendar. This reading cycle points us to the truth that Yeshua, as the one man Israel, embodies in his person the meaning of the temple, the holy city, Jewish history as a whole. His suffering sums up and purifies Israel's suffering, and his resurrection will bring about Israel's ultimate restoration. So why read and study Yeshua's Dibarot Acharit, these last words or statements? Why should we prolong the agony of crucifixion when we can elaborate the glory of resurrection? Well, I believe it's in the recognition and engagement with our trauma that we become liberated from it. In the darkest hours, we must hold on to the light of promise. I think it's somewhat axiomatic that which we choose to ignore maintains power over us. Yeshua's suffering liberates us from the power of death and his final diberot give us the authority together to live life with absolute hope. So here are the seven final statements that I have been contemplating during this period of consolation. Week one, the first daber, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, Luke 23, 34. Week two, Truly, I tell you that you will be with me in Gan Idan, Luke 23:43. Week three, woman, behold your son, and then it goes on to say, behold your mother, Yochanan 19, verse 26 through 27. Week four, the fourth final word, which we're going to look at this week, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, from Matthew Chapter 27, verse 46. The fifth, Daber, I am thirsty. Yohanan 19, 28. Week six, it is finished. Yohanan 19, verse 30. And finally, in the seventh week, 
Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. Luke 23, 46. Well, we can't look at all of these today, but let's talk a little bit about this fourth week of consolation. And let's examine this horrific, yet very familiar statement. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? These words draw us into the life and the suffering of Israel. It's a life of trauma and a life of humiliation. As those who have lived through ancient occupations and genocides, crusades, inquisitions, pogroms, and the European Holocaust, we should not be surprised by the words of Yeshua the Jew. Yeshua, King of the Jews. But it cannot be ignored that for the last two millennia, most of Israel's suffering has been at the hands of those who claim to march under the banner of the Christ. Sholem Ash, the famous Yiddish playwright and a Holocaust survivor, draws a compelling comparison in his controversial monogram, One Destiny, an epistle to the Gentiles. And I'm going to quote here. Hemmed in by a ring of death with bayonets and rifles on the streets of the ghetto, huddled in burning synagogues along the crusaders' paths and on the way to the inquisitor stakes, Jewish martyrs prayed, sang, and cried out to God, the same outcry that was heard on the cross from he who gave his life to save the world. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast you forsaken me? Mark Chagall also identifies the suffering issue with the suffering of Israel in the 1938 painting, The White Crucifixion. This painting depicts a crucified Yeshua with the tallest girding his loins, towering over a horrified shtetl engulfed in flames. Yeshua does not replace the totality of Israel's past, present, and future. Rather, he gives amplified meaning to these. In these final divarot, he invites us into the life of marginalization, but offers us the hope that comes with endurance, the endurance of Israel the endurance of God's only begotten Son. Jewish theologian Michael Visegrad wrote this in his seminal book, Body of Faith. The hope of Israel is in the deliverance of its Messiah, the hope that prevents the past from gaining complete hedge money over the present. Because there waits in the future a transformation of the human condition, such as never been known before, the saving acts of God will be unexpected, revisiting much of the previous held wisdom, bringing into being a new heaven and a new earth in which not only the body of Israel will be circumcised, but also its heart. The circumcised body of Israel is the dark carnal presence through which redemption makes its way into history. Salvation is of the Jews because the flesh of Israel is the abode of the divine presence in the world. It is the carnal anchor that God has sunk into the soil of creation. Yeshua's last words often are our own words. During life's trials, we can call out with that same desperate echoing of Psalm 22. This has never been a year, this has been a year of endemic challenge. The pandemic, which has already claimed over 4 million lives worldwide, is again surging and multiplying. Wildfires engulf the Pacific Northeast of the United States and every quadrant of the planet. Too often, 
we respond with anger and with recrimination of ourselves, of others, and eventually even God. But we can choose to have confidence that the Holy One who is present with Yeshua is also present with us through every challenge. His cry is not that of dereliction. Rather, it's an empathic voice of Israel's long-awaited Messiah. So as we contemplate this week, the final Diberot of Yeshua, we can also meditate on the words of the Shuliach, Rav Shaul, who said, Who, though existing in the form of God, did not consider himself being equal to God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Yeshua every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue profess that Yeshua the Messiah is Adonai, to the glory of God the Father. This is Rabbi Paul Saul. It's been a pleasure sharing this with you, and if you want to find other uh, Drash and Divrei Torah, please go on to the umjc.org. We look forward to connecting with you. Have a wonderful week.